A to the man. We're starting a new series today, and that series is called Let Justice Flow. Let Justice Flow. Yes. And the theme verse is Amos chapter 5, verse 24, that says, Let justice roll down like waters and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Mm. And so today is part one of this series that really is a summer initiative that uh, Living Hope is doing called Let Justice Flow flow and today's message is uh, part one of the series and the title of my message today is can two walk together unless they agree wow can two walk together unless they agree what i'd like to do as we begin this morning is i would like us to pray Uh, let's just take a moment to seek the face of god father today i pray that you would speak that the word would be yours and not mine and that you administer sovereignly by the power of the Holy Spirit to the hearts and minds Mm -hmm. of all of your sons and daughters. Lord, the cry of my heart today Mm. is to remember the body of Christ, which has been dismembered because of hate, because of bigotry. But Father, today, I pray by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would use the words of my mouth and the meditations of my heart to remember the body of Christ. Put us back together again. Join one member to the other. And we come against every power of darkness that seeks to divide, every power of darkness that seeks to distance, and every power of darkness that seeks to destroy the unity of the body of Christ. Lord, we know that the answers we need are not political primarily. They are relational. Mm -hmm. And they are spiritual. And so speak to us now by your spirit and make us one. Mm -hmm. We ask it in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 All right. Can two walk together unless they agree? So let's get into it a little bit. We're going to start with Amos chapter 5, verses 23 and 24. Yeah. And uh, this is the title track of this series. This is, um, this is what it's all about. Uh, God says to the prophet Amos, Take away from me the noise of your songs, for I will not hear the melody of your stringed mm-hmm. instruments, but let justice run down like water and righteousness like a mighty stream. The ERV says, But let justice flow like a river, and let goodness flow like a stream that never becomes dry. I want you to see something here in Amos that really is a theme throughout the book of Amos. The people of Israel thought that the most important thing was their worship. They thought that the most important thing was coming to God and offering up their songs and their praises and their Mm -hmm. sacrifices. And God said, enough of the noise of your songs. I will not hear the melody of your stringed instruments. I'm done with that. Mm. I want to see justice. Mm. That is, God says you cannot prefer worship over justice. Or you cannot neglect justice in the name of worship. And this is is really a cry of the prophet Amos. Uh, Amos was... um, the, the matter of fact, the entire prophecy of Amos is God's warning to Israel yeah. that if you don't do justice, if you don't focus on justice, if you don't restore justice, and specifically the cry of the prophet Amos mm-hmm. is justice toward the oppressed, yeah. toward the poor, yeah. uh, 
in Israel. And yeah. God is speaking to his own people, to the people of Israel, saying, uh, I'm like a shepherd to you. And you look at Amos, his own life. Amos was a shepherd from the hill country of Tekoa. But he begins with this prophet. He begins his prophecy with the Lord roars from Zion and utters wow. his voice from Jerusalem. Now the, the shepherd has become the lion who is going to tear apart his own sheep. Why? Throughout the book of Amos, the answer is clear because they refuse to do justice. So this is the heart of our series. Let yeah. justice flow like rivers. Yeah. And so what we want to do in this series and throughout the summer, we've got a summer initiative. Yeah. Let justice flow. What we want to do in this initiative is to dismantle the hindrances that stifle the flow of justice. Mm. But we're not trying to dismantle the hindrances that stifle the flow of justice primarily in the world. Wow. But first and foremost, in our own hearts. Yeah. In our yes. own minds. Yes. Because the answer is not politics. The answer is not the U.S. government. The answer is not first and foremost police reform. The answer is the body of Christ. And the fact of the matter is, if the body of Christ comes together around this issue, wow. game over. Huh. It's a done deal. If the body of Christ gets on the same page, and the beautiful thing is I'm seeing more signs mm. of the unifying of the body of Christ around yeah, this issue yeah. than I've ever seen previously, wow. mm. ever in my lifetime. Mm. And to me, that is a powerful sign of the fact that God is leading us inexorably toward yeah. a new place of reconciliation mm -hmm. and a new place of oneness yeah. that is going to establish justice in our land. But mm -hmm. the, the fact of the matter is, and what I feel deeply compelled by in my heart is that if we do not at this hour heed God's invitation to pursue justice, yeah. just a uh, judgment, the judgment of God wow. is lying before our land. And that's wow. really, that's really wow. the message of the prophet Amos. The word, the word that, that Amos uses for justice is mishpat in the Hebrew, which literally means judgment. That is, God is literally saying, either you're going to do justice or I'm going to do it. Either you're going to bring justice in your land or I'm going to bring my judgment upon your land. And that, that's a scary thought. But I'm not saying that because I desire it. I actually believe for better things. Yes. I'm anticipating better things. I'm yes. seeing signs of yes. better things to yes. come. And I want to preach toward better things. Because it is not my desire to see the judgment of God to come upon our land. Yeah. It is my desire to see reconciliation, mm. blessing, mm. and peace upon Amen. our land. And so I want you to count, I want, I want to couch everything that I will say mm. over this entire initiative yeah. in that cry of my heart. Yeah. So we want to remove and dismantle the hindrances that would stifle the flow of justice. God's justice would flow freely in us and through us if we would simply dismantle the hindrances. Now, I want to say as we begin, um, this is our summer initiative. It's not going to be the last word that we ever speak about justice. It's simply, this is what we're going to be doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, as we encounter this, I, I, what I want to do today is just kind of talk openly, openly with you about what our strategy is going to be. Because I also want to acknowledge that this subject mm. has the potential to tear our church apart. Yeah if we do not approach it correctly. Yes. And I realize that over the last 17 and a half years, I have been very hesitant to open up this Pandora's box. Yeah. 
Part of it is because I did not sense the release of the Lord to do so. Mm. But the other part, looking back, I'm realizing that I personally lacked the maturity to understand how to do so yeah. in a way that would bring us together rather than tear us apart. Yeah. Do I have that wisdom now? I hope so, but I don't know. <laughs> but I'm pursuing it every day yeah. is what I want you to know. Yeah. I'm pursuing it. Sonny and I, we're on this journey with each and every one of you. Yep. And we want you to know that we're going to be pursuing wisdom. First, the wisdom of the Lord. Secondly, we are in contact with our mentors, with our spiritual fathers and with our spiritual covering. Yep. We are seeking their counsel on a weekly basis. Yep. And if you, if you were to just follow me around over the last week, you would see that I sought multiple forms of counsel at multiple levels yep. from individuals of multinationalities yep. and ethnicities yep. uh, because I am crying out to the Lord for wisdom at this hour. Yep. And my, my hope is, is what God says in Proverbs 2, that if you cry out after wisdom yeah. and lift up your voice for understanding, if yeah. you seek her as silver yeah. and search for her as for hid treasures, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. Yeah. And so we are seeking wisdom. But at the same time, we are not without wisdom. At the same time, we are not without knowledge. Mm. The fact that God has plunged us into these waters now means that beyond our knowledge of our readiness yeah. is the word of the Lord that says you're ready now. Amen. And no prophet ever has felt ready mm. to speak at the moment when God says, speak. Yeah. God says, Moses, you're going to go to, to Pharaoh and speak. Yeah. And Moses says, I don't talk good. I'm not ready. You got the wrong guy. Says Moses. God says, no, 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 Moses. Who gave man his voice? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Who gave you your mouth? Yeah. I will give you the words to Jesus. speak. Jeremiah, ah, oh, Lord God, I'm but a youth. I'm not ready. I'm not the guy. Yeah, yeah. And says, no, 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 don't say that. While you were in your mother's womb, I formed you. Amen. And so while I say that in my own intellect and, and wisdom and maturity level, I may not feel that I'm 100% ready for this, I also want you to know that I'm plunging into these waters because I've... <clears throat> I've heard the clarion call of the Spirit of God. Yeah. And I am responding to God and seeking to be faithful to what God is speaking to me yeah. in the secret place. I want you to know that the cry for social justice has not replaced in my heart the gospel of Jesus Christ. Yeah. Nor has it dulled my ears to the word of the Lord. Yeah. Nor has it diminished in any way, shape, or form my desire to be a spokesman for God and to hear his voice and to speak Jesus. only what he gives to me. And so our strategy, if I could define it quickly before uh, we go further, our strategy is going to be to respond holistically. We yeah. want to respond holistically yeah. to the subject of justice, to call the body of Christ to do justice. We'll get to that. But we're going to respond Holistically, and I'm, I'm telling you this, not, not, I'm not saying that this is going to be my personal strategy. Mm -hmm. I'm saying this is our strategy yeah. as a community. Yeah. Because if we, don't, if we don't operate according to this strategy, yeah. the subject of justice will tear apart our community groups. Yeah. They'll tear apart our ministries. Yeah. They'll tear apart our Sunday morning services. Yeah. They'll tear apart our, our fellowship Sundays. Yeah. The, the subject of justice, is, is it has, it's like a powder keg. Yeah. And it has the capacity to destroy us if we don't approach it strategically. Otherwise, what will happen is we will in, inadvertently go back to creating a church all of one color. Yeah. And that is not what we desire to do right. in That's any right. way, shape, or form. Right. Our desire is to bring people together, yes. Yes. not tear people yes. apart. 
And so in order to do that, we as a community are going to have to learn how to respond holistically. Now, there's two words there. The first word is respond. Mm. We're going to respond rather than react. react. And in order to, because the moment we begin to react, the conversation is over. Now, let me say, I have not done this perfectly. I haven't done this perfectly even over the last few weeks. Okay. I have reacted and I've looked back and realized, okay, at that moment I was reacting. Yeah. Uh, even uh, last Wednesday night at prayer meeting, a week and a half ago, Wednesday night at prayer meeting, I said some things. I, I made a statement. I said something like, we don't have time to explain history to you, which gave the idea that I, I cannot hear you if you have a different perspective than me. And that I need to repent for, that I need to pull back from because what that will do is set the tone for our whole community. I understand that the microscope actually is on me more than anyone else. I need to set the tone for our community so that we can have right conversations in every aspect Mm -hmm. of our community. And and I want to do that right. And so we need to respond instead of react. And in order to respond, I must be aware of what's happening in me. Yeah. Because if I'm not aware of what's happening in me, yeah. I cannot participate with what God desires to do through me. Because if something's happening in me that is not of God, it will stifle the flow of what God wants to do through me. Okay? Wow. So, so we're going to address the issue of, of systemic racism and injustice, but in order to do it, we've got to do that relationally yeah, yeah. because it takes human beings to keep a system going. Wow. And we want to make it clear that the enemy is not the people. Yeah. Even the racists yeah. <laughs> yeah. are not the enemy. Yeah. The system is. Mm. We want to love the people. Yes. And this is what we're going to get to. Yes. So before I go further in that, um, we're going to respond, first of all, but we're going to respond holistically. Yeah. So we're going to respond rather than react, and then we're going to respond holistically rather than exhaustively. Meaning that we are not going to tackle the entire issue of racism or the entire or every form of injustice that has been done in the history of this country. Mm-hmm. That's not the goal. We're not looking for every form of injustice so we can jump on every justice bandwagon, okay? We're going to respond holistically. We are actually going to be very selective about what forms of injustice we highlight in this particular season. Why? Because if we try to take on every form of injustice everywhere, it's going to kill us. And it's going to destroy our community once again. We're going to get swallowed up in the belly of this beast. And so we must understand, for instance, that when we say Black Lives Matter... Mm. We are identifying with a cry, not an organization. Yes, yes. We are not saying that we agree with everything that the organization that yes. calls itself Black Lives Matter agrees with. Yeah. We are not aligning ourselves with an organization. We are aligning ourselves with a cry. Yeah. Black Lives Matter. Yes. Meaning we see clearly that in this country, black lives have not mattered yeah. as much yeah. as other lives. And we wish to rectify that particular yes. form of injustice. So or we, we wish to address that yes, particular form of yes, injustice. And so we are not, we are not joining uh, Antifa or, or we're, not, we're not joining a social or secular organization yep. and agreeing with every one of the tenets yeah. of that organization. Yep, yep. We're simply addressing a particular form of injustice at a particular hour. And so I want to say that because once we jump on this justice bandwagon, then there's going to be all kinds of people going, well, this injustice too. What about this injustice? What about this injustice? No, no, we're not trying to respond 
exhaustively. Yeah, so good. But when I say we're going to respond holistically, I mean we're going to address the whole person rather than the whole problem. Wow, yeah. The whole person rather than the whole problem. And when I say the whole person, I mean you and me, the members of our congregation. I'm talking to us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay? Uh, when I say we're going to address your whole person, what, that is, over this summer, what we're going to do is, is three things. First, we're going to address your mind. Yeah. Secondly, we're going to address your heart. Yeah. Thirdly, we're going to address your will. Mm. And so how are we going to address your mind? We're going to address your mind by creating an mm. educational pathway mm. that provides a basic level of understanding mm. so that by the end of the summer you will be if you stick with us through this whole series yeah. by the end of the summer you're going to be able to say I now understand some things that I didn't understand before good, good. Yes. I understand some historical things I understand some statistical things yeah. I understand some data I understand some things that I did not understand before now I can see some things that I didn't see yeah. before uh, secondly we're going to address your emotions mm -hmm. and when I say we're going to address your emotions I mean, we're going to hear some stories. Yeah. Uh, we're going to hear how people of color have been impacted uh, by situations yeah. of racism. And, uh, you know, you could actually uh, be in the same room with someone who was beaten by the police and not know it. Yeah, yeah. Someone who has experienced. And so hearing those stories, it helps open our hearts yeah. as a community. Yeah, yeah. Uh, we're going to give expression mm. to, the, to the particular form of injustice that we're tackling over the summer. Yeah. And uh, once we give that expression, we're going to respond with empathy. That is, there's going to be opportunities mm. as a community yeah. to empathize with these expressions. Yeah. And so that combination of expression and empathy yeah. is designed to draw us closer together yeah. as a community. Yeah. So that those who express at the end of the summer will say, I never had a community that heard me out on that. Yeah. I never had a community that was even interested to know yeah. how I was impacted by that. Yeah. And secondly, the rest of us will be able to say, wow, I got to empathize with people and yeah. their story. I got to connect with the stories of these individuals so that this is more real to me emotionally than it yeah. was three months ago yeah, yeah, when yeah. we started the summer. Yeah. And then thirdly, we're going to address the will, which means we're going to do some stuff together. Yeah. We're not just going to learn and address the mind and hear and address the heart, but we're actually going to activate our yes. hands and our feet yes. to do something together. Now, first and foremost, I want to rebrand something uh, for us. Hmm. And the thing that I want to rebrand quickly is local outreach. Hmm. Um, Local outreach is actually a form of justice. Wow, so good. Right? Mm. If we understand the historic realities that created poverty in the inner city, wow. when we as a church begin to work to reverse those historic realities, even for just one individual, we have participated in justice, wow. not compassion. Wow. And that's an important distinction. We, I'm going to set that as an aside. We're going to talk more about that in days to come. Yeah. But also, we're going, so we're going to have an impact not only in the realm of homelessness and mm. poverty in the inner city, mm. but in education. And we've got some okay. wonderful things in the pipeline that we're not quite re ready to talk about yet. But we're going to do some stuff so that by the end of the summer, you're going to be able to say, I got to do something. Yeah. I got to help change a life. Yeah. And, and here's the beautiful thing. If you can change one life, Wow. You you actually have changed the generations to come. Yes, yes. And that's that's what's yes, powerful. Yes. Um, the last thing I want to say is responding holistically. Mm. Uh, 
there's there's two things that I want to, two kind of pillars that I want to establish before we go forward. The first thing I want to say is I, in preaching these sermons, will not be unbiased. Yeah. That's the first thing. I will not be unbiased. Mm. And the second thing I will say is I will not demand agreement. Wow. I, and yeah. we got to hold those two in tension. First, I will not be unbiased. But second, I will not demand agreement. Mm. Now, let me tell you why both of these things are important. First of all, bias. I am biased toward what I am convinced to be the word of the Lord on the subject of justice in our nation at this hour. You see, if I were to approach this subject from an unbiased place, yeah. Yeah. I would create equal playing time for all positions on the yeah. matter. Yeah. We wouldn't do that with abortion. Hmm. We wouldn't do that with sexuality. We wouldn't do that on the subject of the resurrection of Jesus mm. or salvation through the name of Jesus. Yeah. If I were to preach on any of those subjects, I would not create equal playing time for every perspective on the subject. Wow. It would be my responsibility to, pre to present to you the word of the Lord. Yeah. Now the scripture commands me to speak as the oracle of God, yeah. which means that if I am not convinced that what I am speaking to you is the word of the Lord, I have no right to speak it. Wow. That this place right here where I stand at this moment and share, this is not my platform. This is God's platform. Yeah. This is not my time to vent my emotions. This is my responsibility to declare to you the word of the Lord. And I bear a dire responsibility before God yeah. to speak only what I have heard from him. And at the end of my days, I will stand before him and give an account for every word that I have spoken. Yeah which is actually a scary and terrifying thing for me to know yeah. that over the last 17 plus years, I have spoken more than a million, more than 2 million words wow. in the name of the Lord. Wow. And I will have to give an account to him for every one of them. Wow. So with that being said, I take this responsibility extremely serious, which means I must speak prophetically, but the prophet is always biased. Yeah. The prophet is biased toward the word of the Lord. And I must make it clear from the beginning that what I am speaking to you, I believe to be the word of the Lord for this hour. Yeah. And, and I say that to say also, not only must I give an account, but you and I must also give an account for every word from the Lord that we hear. Wow. Yes. yes. Which means you bear a burden as well. And the burden is one day you're going to have to stand before God. And if what I am speaking to you is from him and you don't receive it, same way for me, every, every word from the Lord I've, spoke, I've heard from every man or woman of God who has spoken, if I don't receive something that is actually from God, I'm going to have to give an account to him for why I did not hear and respond to his voice wow. as well. So we both bear a dire responsibility. Now, with that being said, it would be oppressive and unloving of me to demand your agreement. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. So it would good. be oppressive and unloving of me to demand your agreement. And it would be oppressive and unloving of our community to demand conformity and agreement. Wow. Now, while I will speak what I believe to be the word of the Lord on the issue before us, I will leave the convincing to the spirit of God. Yes. Yes. 
I can't convince you of anything. You have to work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. You're going, just like, and this is true of all of us. Every time I hear any word from the Lord preached from anybody, even my own wife, I have to work out my own salvation with fear and trembling before the Lord. I have to determine and make a judgment in my own heart. Was that the word of the Lord or not? Wow. Okay. Now, I believe that some of the things that I'm going to share, matter of fact, I'm sure that some of the things I'm going to share are going to be difficult for some of you to hear. Yeah, yeah. Okay? Yeah. And matter of fact, you may react negatively to them at first. Yeah. But I believe that if it's truly the word of the Lord that I'm speaking for, for, for many of you, yeah. the words are going to settle into your hearts as seed and bring forth fruit in their season. So even if you're not able to hear me today, I want you to know that I will not be offended by that. Yes. Okay. I will not be offended by your disagreement. And I hope that you will not be offended as well if you come to convince me of the error of my ways, but I'm not moved. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I want you to know I will hear you, but I have to weigh carefully everything you say against what I believe to be the word of the Lord. Yeah. I will hear you though. Yeah. Okay. But at at the same time, sometimes we're going to have to agree to disagree and do it in love. love. Now, now we come, now we come. Okay. I was still on Amos five there. Um, What's the verse I need? Amos three, three. Okay. I don't have it here as a slide. Amos three, three. I didn't realize I had the slide up that entire time. Amos three, three asks a question and this is the question. Can two walk together unless they agree? Wow. Because this is the great problem, isn't it? Yeah. If at the end of the day we disagree on so much, yeah. I mean, let's say over the course of the next three months, yeah. let's say you disagree with 45% of what I say. Let's yeah. say you disagree with 70% of what I say. Yeah. Can we still walk together? That's, I think the question that some of you might be asking yourselves is can I still go to this church if I don't agree? Can I still go to community group if I disagree? Yeah. And the answer is yes. Mm. Amen. Even in Amos 3.3, when God asked the question, can two walk together unless they agree? The answer is yes. (laughs) Because what God is actually saying to Israel, and Dr. Kirby Clements helped me see this. Bishop Clements said, When God asked Israel this question, can two walk together unless they agree? What he was actually saying to Israel was, I've never agreed with you, but yet I still walk with you. Wow. Shoot. Yes. That is, if two can only walk together if they agree, God would have walked away from Israel a long time ago. And matter of fact, God would have walked away from me a long time ago. Because how much has he seen in my life that he has not agreed with, but yet he still walks with me? Wow. I I want to just lay this out as a foundation right now that two can walk together Mm. even if they do not agree. And matter of fact, especially if they do not agree. Now, the question though is how? (laughs) How can we walk together if we do not agree? Mm. How can we walk together mm. and if we do if we do not agree? Yeah. And for that, we're going to go to Matthew chapter 5, verse 43 to 48. Mm. So Jesus is, 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 um, is teaching and he says this. He says, you have heard that it was said, you shall love your neighbor and hate your enemy. But I say to you, love your enemies. Yeah. Bless those who curse you. Yeah. 
Do good to those who hate you and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you. Now, 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 watch this. He says, love your enemies, bless those who curse you, do good to those who hate you, and pray for those who spitefully use you and persecute you, that you may be sons of your Father in heaven. Why does it make us sons of our Father in heaven? If we love our enemies, bless those who curse us, do good to those who hate us, and pray for those who spitefully use us and persecute us. Because that's what our Father in heaven has done since the creation of man. Yes. To each of us. (laughs) So good. He loved us even though we hated him. Wow. He did good to us even though we cursed him. He blessed us when we cursed him. He prayed for us. Even Jesus prays for us even though we spitefully use him and persecute him. Wow. The very ones who nailed him to the cross, he prayed for them on the cross. Yes, yes. So shall you be sons mm. of your Father mm. in heaven. You want to be sons and daughters? You know, this is such an important construct wow. to us here at Living wow. Hope Christian Center. Do we want to be sons and daughters of our Father in heaven? You want to live out your identity, yeah. which is sonship? Yeah. Love your enemies. Wow. You are living out your identity as sons and daughters of God to the degree that you can remain loving towards your enemies. Matter of fact, Jim Wilder says, this is the measure of Christ-likeness. The measure of Christ-likeness is the degree that you can maintain, the degree to which you can maintain a posture of love toward your enemies. That's Christ. Not how much you can speak in tongues. Not how many gifts of the Spirit you can flow in simultaneously. Not how many people you've slain in the spirit. Wow. Not even how much compassion you've shown to, act, to random homeless people. Yeah, 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 but yeah. can you remain loving hmm. toward your enemies? Wow. For he makes his sun rise on the evil and on the good and sends rain on the just and on the unjust. Jim Wilder goes on to say that wow. when we tend to read this verse, we think of our enemies out there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But Jim Wilder says the hardest place to live this out is in your own home. Yep. Shoot. That's it. Because conflict and confusion makes an enemy of your own spouse. Yeah. Can you remain loving towards your enemy who is your wife or your husband? (laughs) Who is your mother or your father, your son or your daughter, your brother or your sister? Yeah. I say to you, my brothers and sisters, that at this hour, if we're going to have this conversation... We're going to have to learn how to live this verse out in the house. Yeah, in-house, that's it. Right here, at Living Hope, in community group, when you disagree. And the problem with the subject of race is that it's so it's so incendiary. Wow. The subject is so incendiary that it subjects you to deep frustration. You don't just disagree. But you find yourself fervently disagreeing. All of us, all of us do, myself included. And so we got to learn how to be Christ-like in order to have this conversation well. Jesus says, for if you love those who love you, what reward have you? Do not even the tax collectors do the same. And if you greet your brethren only, what do you do more than others? Do not even the tax collectors do so. Therefore, you shall be perfect. Wow. Just as your Father in heaven is perfect. When Jesus said, be perfect, he was talking about perfectly loving your enemies. Wow. 
I'm just gonna let that settle in for a second. Yeah. You just gotta sit on that for a second. Now, I, I know, I wanna speak to my persons of color, my black brothers and sisters in the congregation. I understand where your heart is, some of you, I know where your heart is going right now. That's what they taught us. That's what they taught us going all the way back to slave days. Yeah. Forgive the master. <laughs> Forget, we're, we are constantly being told to forgive. Immediately. Yeah. On the heels of every atrocity. Yeah. We are told to forgive and we're not only told to forgive, but we're told to forgive and forget. Wow. And I understand how inflammatory that is. Yeah. I understand how difficult that is. Uncle Tom's Cabin. If you haven't yeah. seen Uncle Tom's Cabin, what happens at the end of it? The master beats the slave to death. And his last words, the last words of the dying slave to the master are, I forgive you. And then he dies. And that typifies for us as people of color, the response that is expected to us, yeah. expected of us. Yeah. It's just forgive and forget and move on. And I do understand how inflammatory that is. Yeah. And I yeah. do understand how painful that is yeah. for us as a people. But I want to remind you of the legacy that we have from Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Yeah. The driving force yeah. of his movement was not justice, but love. Wow. As incendiary as it is, if we can put that aside and simply lift up our eyes and look into the eyes of Jesus, love becomes the act of faith with which we respond to the gospel of Jesus Christ. Because there was no more inflammatory situation than the cross of Jesus. But he remains, he maintains a posture of love even towards the individuals who drove nails into his hands and feet. Yeah. This is our legacy. Mm. And I know as a people, we have become weary in well-doing. Yeah. But you must not become weary in well-doing for we know that we shall reap a harvest in due time if we do not lose Heart, And this is not the time to lose heart. This is not the time to give up. This is not the time to surrender our inheritance because we are tired. This is the time to live out our legacy with greater fullness and greater vigor than we have ever done so as a people generationally. This is a moment for love if there has ever been one. Mm. Because if we give up that legacy of love, all is lost. Wow. Because darkness cannot drive out darkness. Wow, yeah. Only light can do that. And hate cannot drive out hate. Only love can do that. That was Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. as well. Yeah. He was extremely firm on the issue of systemic injustices in this country. Yeah. But yet absolutely unmoved from the philosophical, theological, and biblical foundation that the heart of our movement must be love. And, and I'm gonna show you why in a second. Watch this, okay? This is so important, watch this. Luke 10, 25 through 29, I'm just gonna read it to you and you can see it here. Behold, a certain lawyer stood up and tested him saying, teacher, what shall I do to inherit eternal life? He said to him, what is written in the law? What is your reading of it? So he answered and said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength and with all your mind and your neighbor as yourself. And yeah. he said to him, 
You have answered rightly. Do this and you will live. Yeah. But he, wanting to justify himself, said to, Je to Jesus, and who is my neighbor? <laughs> yeah. Verse 30. Then Jesus answered and said, A certain man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho and fell among thieves, mm. who stripped him of his clothing, wounded him, and departed, leaving him half dead. Mm. Now by chance a certain priest came down that road, and when he saw him, he passed by on the other side. Yeah. Likewise, a Levite, when he arrived at the place, came and looked and passed by on the other side. Yeah. But a certain Samaritan, as he journeyed, came where he was, and when he saw him, he had compassion... Yeah. So he went to him and bandaged his wounds, mm. pouring on oil and wine. Wow. And he set him on his own animal, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. So which of these three do you think was a neighbor to him who fell among the thieves? And he said, he who showed mercy on him. Then Jesus said to him, go and do likewise. Yeah, yeah. I want you to understand the power dynamic yeah. in this parable. That Jesus tells. This is not simply about compassion. Yeah. Notice the man who was wounded, who fell yeah. among thieves, was a Jew, a Jerusalem Jew, a Hebrew speaking Jew. But his brethren, a Levite priest, a Jerusalem Jew, a Levite and a priest, both passed right by him yeah. and would not care for him. Who cared for him? A Samaritan. The Jews looked down on the Samaritans. Yeah. The Samaritans were the hated people. Yeah. The Jews had a sense of superiority over the Samaritans. Yeah. In the parable, Jesus says, the, uh, the one who was oppressed showed love to the one who oppressed him. Wow. And when Jesus said, go and do likewise, what he was saying is, here's how to love your neighbor. Go find an enemy and love him so that he becomes a neighbor. Wow. The point of the parable is that love makes neighbors out of enemies. That even if you are my enemy, if I love you with the Jesus brand of love, I'll make you my neighbor. Wow. I'll make you my friend. And that is the whole strategy. That is the whole point. Wow. That in order to obey the command of Jesus to love one another, you first got to find an enemy. That is, if you have not loved an enemy, someone who is antithetically, diametrically opposed to everything that you believe and everything that you value and everything that you hold dear, if you haven't found that person and figured out how to love them, wow. you have not answered the call of Jesus to love, not even to love your neighbors. Wow, Jesus you still fall into the category of loving your friends and hating your enemies. Wow, wow. Do, you, do we disagree with one another? Great. Now, we are, now it's even possible for us to honor the command of Jesus. Wow. It's not even possible for us to be a loving community with the Jesus kind of love unless there is disagreement within our community. Which means that when God puts us together and we have different perspectives and different views, it's his gift to us. He says, I'm giving you the opportunity to love the way I love. Wow. I mean, think about it. The 12 disciples that Jesus called. The 12 disciples. Do you realize Matthew was a tax collector, wow. which means he was a Roman sympathizer and cooperative. But then there was uh, Simon the Zealot. Do you know who the zealots were? They were Jewish assassins. 
They were radicals. They wanted to just... The zealots lived to kill the Romans. Mm -hmm. The tax collectors were Jews who lived to help the Romans. And Jesus calls both of these guys to be yeah. his disciples. <laughs> yeah. And then he says, when Jesus, this is why when Jesus says to his disciples, love one another as I have loved you. Wow. It wasn't, it wasn't so easy. He didn't just call together a group of people who believed the same wow. thing, who saw the same thing, who yeah. had the same values, who had the same history wow. and had the same understanding. Wow. No, no, no. He called together people. He purposefully and intentionally wow. gathered people who were diametrically opposed to one another, wow. who in their philosophies, in their politics, in their, in their humanity wow. were enemies of one another. Wow. And then he calls them together and says, love one another. Wow. Love one another the way I love you. What I'm saying is that the worst thing we can do as a community is drive out the disagreement. Wow. If you disagree, the worst thing you can do for yourself and for us is leave this community. Wow. And if you agree with me, the worst thing you can do for yourself and this community is ostracize, attack, and push away the people who don't agree. Yeah. In doing so, wow. we disqualify ourselves as a community wow. of participating in the justice of God. Let justice flow. Wow. But in order to let justice flow, we got to let love flow. Wow. If we hinder the flow of love, we hinder the flow of justice. Wow. I cannot participate in the justice of God unless I love my enemies. And every moment in which I do not, I must repair. I must repent. That's the commitment. And so how are we going to do it? Last slide. You ready? <laughs> yeah. This is getting more and more practical, isn't it? 1 Corinthians 13, 4 through 8. Love is patient. Mm. Which means that I don't need you to agree immediately. Yeah. And I've got to learn how not to get flustered if you don't see it the first time I speak it. Yeah. Love is patient. Yeah. I give you time, I give the Spirit of God time. Wow. You give me time, you give the Spirit of God time. Love is kind. Mm -hmm. When we lose patience, we tend to lose kindness. Yeah. You know you've lost patience when you've lost kindness. Yeah. When the tone of your voice becomes aggressive. I'm speaking to myself here. Love is patient, love is kind. Mm. And it does not envy, mm. and it does not boast. Yeah. In order to envy you, I must pro project upon you a sense mm. of superiority, mm. and upon myself a sense of inferiority. Mm. And so love doesn't envy. But it also does not boast. Because in order to boast, I must project upon myself a sense of superiority, yeah. and upon you a sense of inferiority. Yeah. Inferiority and superiority cannot cohabitate the place of love. Yeah, yeah. They, can't, they cannot reside within the realm of love. Yeah. It doesn't envy and it doesn't boast. Yeah. It is not proud. Yeah. It does not dishonor people. Yeah. It is not self-seeking. Yeah. It is not easily angered. Jesus. And here's the, the <laughs> kicker. It keeps no record of wrongs. Mercy. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. Yeah. It always protects, always trusts, 
always hopes, yeah. always perseveres. And here's the kicker, love never fails. If the driving force of our movement is always love, never. we cannot fail. Yeah. Amen. Yes. We cannot fail. Mm. As long as our love does not fail, yeah. we cannot fail. Yeah. The only failure is when love fails. My wife talked about it during the offering. Let love and faithfulness never leave you. Never. Don't let them leave you. We're going to be faithful to cry for justice, but we cannot allow love to leave us. Wow. For the sake of faithfulness. Amen. Let love and faithfulness yeah. never, never leave you. Wow. Because love never wow. fails. Wow. Love never fails. And if we surrender love, we've lost already. If we lose love, if MLK would see us from that great cloud of witnesses in the heavens pursuing justice without love, his heart would break. Yeah. And I know you're tired. Yeah. And I know you're defensive. Yeah. Yeah. But love is patient. And so the Spirit of God, if we make a commitment to walk in love, the Spirit of God is able to restore our strength. They that wait upon the Lord. And I, I realize that the great cry of the hour is to sit before the Lord. Yeah. To sit before Him. God, I, I could not preach this message. There's a reason why I'm talking to you live today because I tried preaching this a few days ago, but I wasn't ready. I had to sit before the Lord and come back to that place of love in my own heart so that I'm driven by love. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. We need to learn to wait upon the Lord so that he re renews the strength of our love yeah. as a community. Yeah, yeah. And so right now, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I exhort you Jesus. to embrace love mm. as the strategy by which we will pursue justice. Yes, yes. Whether you yes. agree or don't agree, it doesn't matter. I want you to know, I'm saying to each and every one of you, yeah. I love you. Amen. I love you. I love you. You are valuable to me. You are an image bearer. MLK, MLK said this in his sermon on love, on loving your enemies. Yeah. He said, the fact of the matter is, there's good in every evil person and there's evil in every good person. Yeah. And when we stop loving our enemies, it's because we can't see the good in them and we can't see the evil in ourselves. Humility is the point at which I acknowledge yeah. there's some evil in me that I can't see. And there's some good in you that I can't see. Embrace the Jesus brand of love today. And whatever hinders it, whatever frustration, whatever anxiety, yeah. whatever stifles the flow of love in your own heart. I'm not talking to the world. I'm not talking to BLM, Antifa. I'm not talking to the Republicans or yeah. the Democrats. Yeah. I'm not talking to the police departments. I'm not talking about, we are way too quick as the body of Christ to look out there yeah. and make prescriptions for what yeah. needs to happen. Yeah. What I'm more concerned about is what happens in here. Because yes. if yes. we can't do it yeah. right in here, yes. we've got no platform to stand on yes. to speak on what should happen out mm. there. Mm. Love. Love. Let's pray. Bow your heads. Father, I pray. Jesus, Jesus. 
in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, that you would renew within us the commitment to love as you love. By this all men will know that you are my disciples, Jesus. You said to us that you love one another. And Father, may we not lose our discipleship because we are outraged. May we not lose our discipleship because we are offended. May we not lose our discipleship because we are defensive. May we not lose our discipleship because we are offensive. Father, I pray that you would renew within our hearts the patience and the kindness that come only from you. But Lord, love requires faith. We've got to believe that you are the God of justice and the God of truth. Strengthen our resolve today. Give us your peace. Mm. I pray it in Jesus' precious holy name. Amen. Amen. Amen.